Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals ready to pick up a goalie after Vitek Vanacek traded to New Jersey. Looking at Washington's draft highlights from Montreal and development camp starts today. The scrimmage at Capital One Arena coming up on Friday. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, July 11th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. I mean, I think we've been trying to, you know, change our goaltending up a little bit. Um, this is the first step in doing that. we still got some work to do uh, to fill out our goaltending duo and further decisions to make as we go forward here. That's Caps General Manager Brian McClellan. The Capitals will be adding a goalie to the roster as soon as this week after electing to trade Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils on Friday. Vanacek was 20-12-6 for the Caps this year, but a 2.67 goals against average, that's good, but plagued by inconsistency that cost the Caps in the second half of the season, that's not so good. Washington getting a second and third round pick for him as he will face his former team next season from inside the Metropolitan Division. The general manager on where Washington's next goalie will come from. No, I mean, I think we're open to all avenues you know I think it's the goaltending mark is changing as we go here you know day by day so it's you know you try to make you try to stay in things that you're you feel are attracted to and it might be a good fit we got free agency coming up on Wednesday so we'll be involved in all of the discussions about goalies Ben Raby back with us this morning. Ben, we knew this was going to be back on breakdown day, something that was going to happen. All the tea leaves were suggesting the Caps were not going to run it back. You and I talked about it in this space just last week. You can't go with two kids that didn't get the job done. Now it looks like Ilya Samsonov stays and a veteran goalie sometime this week going to be the newest member of the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I don't think necessarily a real surprise to your point that there's a change at the position. I think maybe what the intrigue was for us is I don't think we were sure necessarily which of the two goaltenders the team would move on from, who would ultimately stick around. Turns out that's Ilya Samsonov. And as for Vitek Vanacek, uh, I think you worded it accurately. We discussed it over the past few years. Good. Not necessarily great. There were certainly flashes, and I think we should acknowledge the past two years for Vitek Vanacek from stepping in a couple of years ago when Henrik Lundqvist wasn't available to start that 2021 season, filling the void when Samsonov had issues with COVID and wasn't available. Vitek Vanacek was pretty much thrust into the NHL. And at times showed himself very well, earned himself starts in the postseason, game one starter the previous two years. But ultimately, when the opportunity was there for both Vanacek or Samsonov to really claim and take a stranglehold of that number one job, neither was able to do so. So after two seasons, after two years with the two of them fighting for that position, ultimately, that's a significant enough sample size to say, all right, let's move a different direction. And now it'll be interesting to see between now and Wednesday what direction that ultimately comes in and who is brought into Washington to fill the void with the the goaltending position. Brian McClellan said last week that all options are on the table. 
And that is still the case as of this morning. Multiple reports, including from Pierre Lebrun and Elliot Friedman, have linked interest between the Caps and Colorado goaltender Darcy Kemper. He is now out with the Avalanche. They traded for Alexander Georgiev. They already have Pavel Francouz. So he's looking for a home. Could be a fit. Would have to be long-term. His camp is saying they're looking for six years. The free agent route, and Ben, you and I talked about this last week anyway. There is going to be, if you want to go that route, term that is attached to anybody you sign via free agency. Now, at any point, there could be a trade that happens that would bring, say, a veteran goaltender. We've kicked around a, a Jonathan Quick. Cam Talbot doesn't seem overly happy at the moment in Minnesota. There are others. The trade might be fiscally easier to pull off than the free agent route, but where there's smoke, maybe there's some fire with this Darcy Kemper thing. Certainly a couple of big reporters close to the situation are voicing exactly that. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out given that there are other teams, i.e. the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, the Buffalo Sabres to an extent maybe. There are other teams that are looking to shore up the goaltending position and the Oilers and the Maple Leafs being two other legitimate contenders, teams with aspirations of deep runs. So there's certainly going to be competition where there aren't necessarily a lot of goaltenders available on the free agent market. The, the trade market intrigues me, John, because whether it's quick with one year remaining on his deal, Talbot has one year remaining on his deal. Jake Allen is another name I saw come up. He has one year remaining on his deal. If you sign Kemper to term, I think you're really closing the book on any possibility of Ilya Samsonov reclaiming that number one or maybe having that opportunity to become a number one in Washington. If you acquire someone via trade with one year remaining on the deal, you know, maybe you're in the same spot a year from now and that's not ideal to be in the goaltending market once again, but I think it creates more options maybe down the line and I think it's intriguing that way as opposed to signing somebody and jumping in with term and money if you go the trade route it's lesser term it's lesser money maybe it gives you other opportunities to construct your roster this offseason so very interesting the options that uh, are ahead but I do think to your point obviously the trade option would be uh, the more conservative way to go about things right now yeah I think you're exactly right too on the message that you're sending you go out and get a veteran as a quote-unquote stopgap somebody that can teach Ilya the ropes a little bit from a veteran perspective and groom him continually now and look forward to the day that he again can take over the number one job but if you go the other way that certainly is pretty telling too so we'll see how it plays out this week let's talk a little bit about the draft in Montreal Two guys selected, first round, second round. The first one is a broadcaster's delight. He is <laughs> Ivan Miroshenko, we think. I'm going to ask him this week to be Ding. sure. 14 letters in a last name. So pour one out for head equipment man Brock Miles for getting that nameplate on a jersey at some point in the not-too-distant future. Would have gone higher, Ben, in the drafts. Diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in January. Hasn't played since. Is starting to get back on the ice now. But this is one of those, not entirely unlike Henrik Lapierre, who fell because of some medical things and they hope that Hey, picking in the bottom of the first round, you end up getting a top-tier player. There is some risk with this, but certainly by all accounts, someone that if he pans out could be really good for this team. Yeah, exactly. I think we're going to be talking about that Hendricks lapierre comparison, not necessarily for the skills, but just for the storyline and the backstory of how the Capitals were able to acquire him, you know, quote-unquote, so low 
in the first round, you know, the stock having dropped because of the questions, perhaps. So the high risk, high reward, but the capital certainly confident in uh, the ability for a recovery here and for someone who can make an impact at the NHL level. And you got to like the skill set. And, and Ross Mahoney, John, days before the draft, you know, had said they're probably looking for a scoring type winger. And they got that, you know, somebody who plays big, has a big shot, you know, right shot from the left wing. Maybe that sounds like another Russian in these parts, but, you know, certainly someone with the high end offensive side of the game plays hard, you know, checks a lot of those boxes as far as the competitiveness and where he scores the goals in the high traffic areas. So a lot to like there for a player who, when healthy, has certainly shown, you know, as he did earlier in the year that he was potentially a top 10, even a top five talent in this draft class. Unfortunately for the Capitals, they feel they were able to pounce on someone who could potentially make a very, very big impact, albeit at the 20th overall spot. Really like the second round pick, too, that the Capitals made, 37th overall, trading up to get Ryan Chesley. He is a product of the U.S. National Development Team. He's a Minnesota native from Mount Amidi, just north of St. Paul there, and uh, so I like him already. <laughs> but physical presence, 60195, good skater, right-handed D-man. And a lot of the pre-scouting stuff that came out prior to the draft ban had him late in the first round. So this one kind of snuck through and the Capitals saw an opportunity to bring him in. You don't see offensive numbers off the charts here. This is not Kale McCarr we're talking about, but separates guys from Poxhard to play against in his own end. Really good skater and going to be a freshman at the University of Minnesota this fall. So excited for him at 18 years of age. Here's AGM Ross Mahoney. You know, with Ryan Chesley, where we were picking originally going into today, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> You're crossing your fingers and hoping that he's going to be there, but I'm not so sure he would have been. So after the trade, you know, took place and we were picking up higher, I was sitting there thinking, well, it's probably three guys that are going to be there in those, uh, you know, four picks, five picks. And uh, he was there and really, really happy to get him. I think he's very, uh, I think his offensive ability is probably a little bit underrated. You know, he can really skate, he competes, he's uh, really strong for his size and for his age. Um, never played the power play on the U.S. under 18, like first power play for sure. Hard very, yeah, very hard, yeah, hard part of play to get on. And yet I think he might have been, might have scored more goals than any defenseman in the history of the program. And then goals per game, he might have been in the top six. And you're talking about the Justin Falks and the Jack Johnsons and those kind of guys. So I think there's a lot more offense there than maybe he was allowed to show. But, but, you know, interviewing him, it was, you know, my role is uh, be more of a two-way defenseman and kill every penalty and kind of complimentary. He played a lot with Hudson, who was very offensive-minded. And, yeah, so, and I mean, that's the role they wanted him to play, and that's, he accepted it and, and played it very well. But, like I said, I think there's even more offense than what we've seen. Ben, I like to pick, as I said, an opportunity to move up. You get essentially a guy that people thought was going to be a first rounder. You get him in the second round. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I always like a hard-nosed defenseman, and it sounds certainly like he fits those attributes, a guy who plays maybe a little bit bigger than his size would suggest and can help clear the front of the net and do a lot of those little things in his own end. And I like what Ross Mahoney had to say as well about a guy who maybe didn't necessarily put up the eye-popping offensive numbers so far where he's played, but that said, he played behind some other offensively gifted defensemen in the Capitals' field that as strong as he is defensively, 
Maybe there's even some untapped offensive potential there that could complement it as well. So maybe a first-round talent, a first-round grade. Capitals were able to trade up and get him early in the second round. So somebody you look forward to seeing. We'll see how he develops collegiately now, starting as a golden gopher, but certainly someone who checks a lot of the boxes, again, as far as that defensive style. And we'll see if he could get the offensive game and the offensive numbers to come in the years ahead and potentially translate that at the professional ranks as well. I never need a reason to watch the Gophers, but now I have another one. So very excited about that. Uh, From the drafts from a while ago department, and perhaps patience paying off for a former first rounder, defenseman Lucas Johansson this week, a new two-year deal worth just over $1.5 million. It's a two-way deal for the upcoming season. So if he makes the big club, $750,000 for him. If he doesn't, He'll make 125 in Hershey. But Ben, the thing that got my attention is second year of the deal is a one-way, which is a good indication. They still see him as a prospect, even though he was a first-round pick all the way back in 2016. He's 24 years old now, but coming off his best pro season under Scott Allen in Hershey, eight goals, 28 points. He did get a game for the Caps this year, too. And I got a feel that with Justin Schultz on the way out, I don't know if the feeling is that he may be the guy with Alexeyev on the shelf with a shoulder problem that he's the guy that you want to try and slide in. And if you can do it for 750 grand, that's going to free up money for other things that you really still need with Nick Backstrom's money still being figured into the big picture this year. Yeah, I think there's an appetite also heading into free agency here. We'll see if there's an affordable veteran available on the market or what the situation is with Justin Schultz. But I think certainly you look at the depth chart right now, you know, sort of that six, seven, eight range on the depth chart. Uh, The Capitals will be looking to fill that out here in the coming days. And you touched on Alexander Alexiev's offseason surgery and the procedure, and he won't be available to start a next season. If Schultz is a pending UFA, you had the reliable Matt Irwin always on standby last year. Point being, you do have the vacancies there. And for Lucas Johansson, good for him if the opportunity is there, because this has been certainly a, a lesson in patience here. A guy who really battled injury, dealt with the injury bug for across several seasons. Uh, in fact, John, I think going for a three-year span from 19 through 21, he played 59 games combined across three seasons. Last year, he was north of 60 games. So in other words, he played more games last year than he had the previous three years combined. He did have the cameo appearance with the Capitals, I believe, in late December. Capitals were pleased with him. And I think going back to breakdown day, anytime Brian McClellan or Peter Laviolette has had the opportunity to mention Lucas Johansson, mention his name, mention the possibility, mention seeing him as a possible you know, NHL or next season, they've, they've mentioned him. I think it is an opportunity, a long time coming. But somebody maybe lower down the depth chart who has earned this opportunity through uh, a lot of hard work and rehab and continuing to round out his game on the back end. Finally, today mentioned it off the top, but summer development camp will begin today, this afternoon. First on-ice session coming up at MedStar Capital's Iceplex. So for those who may be in the vicinity and want to check it out, this afternoon will be the first time. Keep in mind, there's a lot of off-ice stuff with these guys, a lot of off-ice training, on-ice training, you name it. But uh, skating this afternoon, starting at 3.15, and it'll be a full session again tomorrow morning, Tuesday, July 12th. That'll start at 9.15. And if you're around lunchtime or call it maybe an early lunch on Wednesday, 10.45 to noon, there's going to be a three-on-three tournament going on. So you might want to check that out. Don't forget that Ben and I will have the call of the development camp scrimmage, the big finale coming up on Friday night, 7 o'clock, 
at Capital One Arena. So big building, free, open to the public. It's going to be hot this Friday. Come in out from the hot and the humidity and come in and watch some hockey coming up Friday night at 7 o'clock. If you can't do that, we've got it for you. Video, too, on Monumental Sports Network. So as news breaks, likely on the goaltending front this week, we'll have you covered here on Caps this morning with analysis for the agency starts at noon Wednesday. Lots of big names around the NHL are going to be kicking around, Ben. It is going to be fun to see what happens here, not just with the Capitals, but free agency is always a fun time of year to see where lots of guys land. And hockey in the middle of July, and nice to get the kids, nice to get the prospects all together. I believe it's been three years since the last time Capitals would have held the development camp. So very much looking forward to it and free agency and the culmination of what will be a busy week with the scrimmage coming up on Friday night at the Big Barn. Capital One Arena on Friday should be fun. We'll have the call for you, Ben. In the meantime, have a great development camp week, will you? Happy Monday. Let's go camping, John. I'll pack a lunch. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.